I agree the community has to have buy-in. And, and you have to have support from not only just your coaches all the way down through your peewee program, but you have to have buy-in from your community. My question to you is, at some point, winning's got to be involved in that to get the community to buy-in. Tell me how many schools you can go across the state of Arkansas that don't have winning tradition that you see the entire town empty on a Friday night. I get that, but, but you had they had to win sometime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now between the mats. And it's a great day here in the American Safeguard Insurance Studio. I'm Matt McJunkins. This is episode 10. We've got the gang back this week. Everybody's yes, here. We got Matty Stats Wilcox. How are you, Matt? Good, John. How are you? I'm good. And my man, Stuttgart, Carl Spears. How's it going, Carl? What's up, fellas? How are y'all doing? I'm good. You know, hey, it's Christmas week. It is. Christmas week. Santa Claus is coming to town, son. For some of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably more for our children. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I like Christmas because that means the spending has concluded that's right <laughs> did we survive good we can make it to next yeah, year we'll get a little reprieve that's right that's right well i'm a little sad because football's over right and that's my thing but we're going to transition this week into basketball we are. which is uh i won't say it's your thing maddie but it is one of your things because <laughs> you, you you're also a football guy sure but uh you know, it's a, it's a little bit crazy because I, I did play college ball. and But as I've gotten older, my love has grown to be more about football. I mean, I still love the game of basketball. I'm still passionate about it, but I'm more passionate about football. Is that because of your kids? Probably so. Probably so, yeah. And, and, and a little bit of my experience in, at college. You know, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I didn't get to go this weekend, but my middle child, Clint, went to uh, – Harding's uh, Harding Bison football camp, the holiday camp. How did he like that? Oh, it was so good. He loved it. He it was two days, three hours a day, just a mini camp, and uh, he was just eat up with it. I mean, you know, they're of course they're getting in the play, being that hundred and thirty yard indoor practice facility. Sure. They got Coach Simmons leading it, head coach, and he's just full of you know just drive, and he's a he's one of those guys that just can go. Sure, and uh, and and so Coach Tribble. Was uh, his his son Coach Tribble was there, which is funny because K- uh, Clint walked up to, and he he was in Coach Tribble's group, and he walked up and he said, "Hey," he said, "I'm Coach Tribble," and he was like, uh, "No, you're not." Katie <laughs> <laughs> said, "That's that's Coach Tribble's son. He is Coach Tribble here at Harding." Oh, okay. What's funny, man? He sounds so much. I mean, it sounds like if you you wouldn't know it wasn't his dad. Is that right? He sounds so much like him, and I knew him when he was a kid. He was our ball boy. Yeah, you know, on the sideline. When when I was playing ball there, but uh, man, what a great experience! I mean, I if there if you have an opportunity to go to a camp there, uh, you need to go. It's awesome. I know UCA has a great one too, but uh, just a just a, a fun time. I wish I could have been there, uh, but I got a lot of good videos, <laughs> including uh, touchdown oh celebrations. Oh my gosh! So Katie sends me these videos every time he's doing something right, and uh, one time they did a drill where. He 
runs into the end zone, right? He's got the ball. Guy's coming up with – one of the coaches coming up with one of the pads and kind of hits him as he's going the end zone. Well, I don't know if they were telling him to do some kind of dance for fun or what it was because they turned around to watch him. Anyway, he scores. He gets on his four knees and hands and lifts his leg and does the <laughs> Ole Miss. The Ole Miss dog pee. <laughs> That's classic. I said, Kay, I don't know what Katie's doing wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, classic. And I could go on about this stuff forever, but let's get to the hogs. Yep, let's do it. So regular season's over. Yeah. And overall, I'm excited about how we competed. Yeah. You know, we should have been four and six. You know, not one of those should have been because we didn't do it. We should have. We literally should have been four and six and could have easily been six and four. Right. You lose the four teams who are top ten teams. Where this program has been. Oh, man. And when the others. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. And we're going bowling. Going bowling. TCU and Houston. That's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. good. That, that is the ball I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to play Texas. But, you know, we're three and seven. Mm-hmm. And Texas, I don't know, they only lost a couple, three games. Yeah. Three games, maybe. I'm not sure. So, this is probably a better match. Even though I think we can beat Texas. <laughs> And I always want to be Texas, but we do get to play him this coming fall. Yeah, so that'll be good. So I got a question for you too. Do you think that these teams with losing records should be playing in a bowl game? I think this year you just you throw all the the rules and regulations and guidelines out. You know, I think Arkansas, even though they finished three and seven or four and six, if you don't count the Auburn loss, right? But you know, in a regular year, we wouldn't have played the extra two SEC games. We would have played four non-conference games. Right. Give us a loss against Notre Dame, right. more than likely. So, we win those three ball games. We probably finished the year six and six. That's right. And, and go to a bowl game. And gone to a bowl game anyway. So, I, I don't have a problem with it this year. I don't either. Carl? No, I don't. No, none. And see, I see all these people on Facebook saying things like, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. It's just participation trophies. But the fact is, is you've got bowl games. There's not there's so many teams and conferences that aren't playing football. Right. They've got to put teams in there. So do you say, well, we're above this. We're not going to take that money. We're not going to take that extra spring practice basically that you get from you take a team like Arkansas or any team, but especially Arkansas with the new coaching staff did not get their spring ball. Right. This is and this is what Pittman said when asked about the ball going to ball game. He he said, you know, you're getting a free spring practice. Sure. And who doesn't want to play football that plays football? Exactly. So you know, maybe you can stick your nose in there and say, "Well, we're just not. We're we're better than that. We were. You know, you're three and seven. <laughs> so if somebody says we're going to pay you to come play in a bowl game. You're going to get your butt there and play. That's right. That's right. You're you're doing what you can to help your program. Absolutely. I mean, regardless, that's, and that's all it is. It's a it's a step to help the program. And, and for these guys that aren't going to play next year, it's one more time to play football. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, I'm also excited about, you know, where we finished or where we're at right now in the recruiting class. I think we're ranked 22nd overall in the country. Yeah. Even though we're still ninth in the SEC. Right. But we're still top 25 recruiting class for, for Pittman's first full year. We're in, And we're improving. That's right. Because that's better than last year. Mm-hmm. And he's not happy with that. Right. You know, he did, you know, Bielema kind of took the – every time every time a recruiting class came out, Bielema always kind of bashed the polls. Of the recruiting classes, mm-hmm. but Pittman didn't do that. He said we got to be better. Sure, he looked at that. Okay, I mean the polls are the polls. They're the same. They're 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 ranking the classes the same as they are the players that they're getting. And so, 
he looks at that and says, okay, improvement, great. We need to be a top ten. Sure. And that and that's right. If he wants to get to where this team wants to get, and if you look at the few teams that win national championships, it correlates. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, it does. Those top five teams, recruitment classes, end up with the top five teams in the country. They do, and pe- people look down and and try to make a, a big deal and say, "Well, recruiting is just overrated." But when you correlate Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and all those teams that are playing in the playoffs year in and year out, and you look at their recruiting classes, it translates. It does. And, and, and another example is what we've seen the last couple of years is Texas A&M in that top mm-hmm. five to ten yeah. in recruiting, recruiting classes. Where is that program now from where it was ten years sure, ago? Sure, sure. It correlates. Now, Should be in the playoffs this year. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you get on down to, you know, 20 and, and below. Yeah. A lot of that does come into how you develop players. How you develop how you three coach. stars. That's right. That's right. Um, so, about Texas A&M and some of these others, and we're not going to spend a lot of time because Carl was right. We talked about this before the show. We could spend the whole show easily on this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should Notre Dame be in? Mm. I don't have a problem as much as Notre Dame being in as I do Ohio State. I agree with that, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Do you think Notre Dame should be in? You know, man, it seems like every that they evaluate how teams do at the end of the year. Yeah, and Notre Dame got absolutely destroyed, right. and so and they beat a Clemson team earlier in the year that they didn't have. You know, all of their guns. Clemson didn't. I don't think they should be. I don't think Ohio State or Notre Dame should be in there personally. So okay, but like we talked about, man, it's all about the dollar. It yeah. is, and, and Notre Dame's always going to win that battle. Yes, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just got money. They've got alum. That's the thing about them is that people don't think about a lot is they've got alum everywhere in the world. Yeah, support. Oh yeah. Uh, I agree with what Matt said. I, I think that I don't have as much of a problem with Notre Dame getting because I can argue that point. I can say. You look at Notre Dame versus Texas A&M, both of them got blown out by the better team in their conference. But Notre Dame did win that game once, yeah. even though there was players out. But also with what Carl said, and this is a big point, is in, in sports, particularly in college football, it's less about what happened early in the season and more about what's happened most Well, and the point of it is is that it seems like later on in the season is when you should be playing your best football. And is that the best that Notre Dame could do their last game of the year? Then, my goodness, dude, they're going to get blown out then come I, playoff time. I think they will get blown out come come against Alabama. Oh, oh yeah, they're going to get destroyed. Almost every team would. That's right. But I don't think – I watched the Notre Dame-Clemson game, and I don't think it was as bad as the score dictated. I mean, I, there was a few plays early in that game that if Notre Dame makes, it it could completely change the complexion of the ball game. Now, right. now clearly Clemson outplayed Notre Dame that game. I'm yeah. just saying that – I don't think the score represents how good or bad Notre Dame is. But even when they played the first time, they had to go into overtime to win that game, even they though did. Clemson didn't have you know their starting quarterback and some other guys that were out. So, I, so, I, so with Ohio State, and this is such a slap in the face to everybody in the country, not just – okay, you can say they were told you – know, they agreed, the Big Ten agreed by everybody in the conference that – you had to win six games to play in the in the conference championship. They moved, they changed the rule. We all know that. So they got to play Saturday. Barely beat a Northwestern team who is an maybe five hundred team in the SEC. Probably not. Very average. Very average. 
Here's something y'all may not have known, and I don't know all the details on this, but you know they Ohio State had some players out mm-hmm. because of COVID. Yeah, they changed their COVID restrictions from 21 days to 17. So guess who gets to play in their playoff? Are game? you serious? I had not heard I'm that. Sure they did. Sure they did. Yeah, you know, and this is what really disgusted me about the whole situation. Not only did I not think Ohio State deserved to be in. Do, like we've talked about before, I, I do think they're probably one of the top five teams in the country. I do agree with that, just based on the eye test. What disgusted me about it was to listen to the talking heads on ESPN, almost like they were spoon-fed what to say. None of them said anything about – Not a single one of them disagreed one. that Ohio That's State right. should be in. That's right. Not That's a one of them. Not a one. And a lot of that has to do with, were they Connecticut? Yeah. In their backyard? Well, and also that ESPN wanted – Ohio State in for ratings. That's right. And they were told what to say. And that's also why they want they want Notre Dame in too. Yeah, I agree. Because that TV's on all across the world. Sure. But I, I don't know. I mean, okay, let's say you take out Notre Dame and Ohio State. Naturally, you're going to put Texas A&M in there, right? They would be the next you, team. Yeah, in. Florida blew it. Yeah, they did. So who would be the other one? Who would you put in there? So, I, I okay, every year I'm, I look at these teams that, that go undefeated. And I'm like, I know you got your point, but you're just not there. Cincinnati has an argument. I, See, look I at, agree with that. Because I, I look at these teams like Coastal Carolina and all, and you look go through Coastal Carolina's uh, schedule, mm-hmm. they beat a lot of those teams in the Sun Belt by three, five points. You go through Cincinnati's schedule, they dominated all year long. Mm-hmm. Right? So they do have – I believe they have an argument. I don't think that anybody else that's undefeated does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cincinnati, I mean I, – I I think it was Coach Moore that had a good point on that because they were asking him about it on ESPN that day. And they were like, so how are you – if you're not a Power 5 school and you're a Cincinnati or you're, you're a Coastal Carolina, how are you ever going to make that transition? What else could they have done? Nothing. And Coach Moore said, look, he said, I, I'm a trained eye. Like, I've, I've looked at high school kids and college kids play football my entire life. I've watched Cincinnati play. I've watched Alabama play. I've been on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. He said, the type of athlete, the physicalness, the athleticism, he said it's next level. He said, it is. He said, I'm telling you right now, nothing against Cincinnati. Those kids cannot play with Clemson and Alabama. They just I, can't. And I agree with that. I do agree with that. But can they play with Notre Dame? Possibly. And that's then that's where I'm going with this is Ohio State didn't deserve to be there. No. They most did people not. agree with that. Yeah. Now most people are a lot not, not everybody will agree that they shouldn't be there. But they may just agree that they don't deserve because cuz my thoughts last week were I don't think they deserve it, but that's who I want to see cuz I think they're one of the best four and I'm I'm in this deal for as a fan, mm-hmm. as a sports fan. I want to see the best teams play. Yeah. But after Saturday, mm, yeah, I don't know that I think Ohio State's that great. I think that they're probably a top six to eight team and could be that top four team. I don't know that they could beat Florida. I don't know that they could beat A&M. And, and you know, the, the, there's an argument either way on whether to expand it to eight or leave it at four. And, and you know, the one argument is, well, you just want no, you just want Clemson and Alabama to have to win another game. Yeah, that's play, what it boils down to. to. Play. Yeah. And I get that, but but and I'm not so much arguing for the Cincinnati's and the Coastals to, to get in the playoffs because I think that that works itself out. What I am arguing to expand it to eight is you have teams like Oklahoma, 
that mm-hmm. had a bad loss early in the season. I'm telling you right now, nobody they look play good. Oklahoma. Well, yeah, they play them right good. now, do they? No. So I, I personally would like to see a ten to twelve team mm-hmm. with sure. Give those give those top four. If you go to twelve, give the top four a bye. Sure. Let those other eight play it out. Sure. And I, I'm I'm all for that. I, I think decided on the field. Yeah. I, I, all that is is more money. Now this year might be a little different just because of COVID, but in most cases that's just more money coming in. Sure. I mean, that's the reason they. That's the reason the NCAA and these people are in it. They're in it because it's dollars, right? Well, you know, I think it was Herb Street had an argument on that. I was watching that said, "Year in and year out, you're going to have one team basically trying to get that four spot because you're always going to have Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State in there, and so you've got only one team that's trying to make that that mm-hmm. four spot. But if you expand it, then you at least give these other teams a shot to go in there and play too. So, I uh, well. Uh, Oh, I can't believe I'm going blank on this. The coach at Mississippi State, Leach, mm-hmm. you know, he says it, it just blows his mind that they can't figure this out. He said because high schools can, yeah, and Division uh, FCS does it. That's right. And Division Two does it. So what's so hard about it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so one more, one more thing, real quick, before we get into uh, high school stuff. Uh, Army, mm. you know, they were nine and two. Yeah, and they got they got they lost their bowl because. The team they were supposed to play was a Pac-12 team, and they're not playing. Right. So, I forgot what bowl it was. But they basically said – I think it was Independence Bowl. And they said, uh, we can't find anybody else to play, so we're not having to go. So, everybody was up in arms. And I kind of figured it's going to work out. Yeah. And sure enough, Tennessee, they opted out of the Liberty Bowl. And so, Army's going to play in the Liberty Bowl. Really? So, that's cool. That is cool. Those guys yeah. deserve to play. Absolutely. They do. Yeah. All right. The only thing I was going to say, and I, I almost just didn't say it, but Arkansas State, you know, they were expected to hire Major Applewise, their OC. Oh. I was cooking deer steak last night for supper, and in the kitchen, looked over, had the ESPN on, and uh, South Alabama, on, on the bottom line, South Alabama announces Major Applewise. Their did, you look, did you look into that any? What, no, what? Jason did. I mean, Jason looked it up. Yeah. I mean, he said, I don't know. He said, it's crazy. Huh. He, said, uh, he said that uh, uh, the, the new coach, Davis, Said that you're going to see a lot of crazy things over the next few weeks. I got gotcha. you. Mm. So you know, I, I think probably a lot of things up there. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us into it. Go ahead and break it down for us, man. Well, I guess we'll go into our final high school picks for the season. <laughs> Do I need to go ahead and play it now, or Let, yeah, let's go ahead and hear it. All right, let <laughs> me, let's go ahead and hear it. Let me go ahead and do it right now. <laughs> Well, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. Matt, I'll get on my knees and, and, and say I'm not worthy. I'm uh, not worthy. Well, you 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 kind of stepped out there on a limb last week because you had to make up some ground. And we both agreed on the games and how we thought they'd come out. And, and you, you took a chance to try to win it. And so uh, it didn't work out for you. So for the final picks for the season, we ended up. I went two and two last week. Uh, Junk went zero and two because he, like I said, he had had to go out on a limb try to catch some games up. I finished two hundred eight out of two fifty five for eighty two percent with a three game victory over Junk. He finished two hundred five out of two fifty five for eighty percent. Well, you know, you tried. Place. You tried. I mean, you knew. What was going to happen? But you, did. you had them picked right in the beginning. 
Would you say yeah, it was fourth and long and you were going to go for it or two-point conversion going, going, for two. Try, going for two? <laughs> Let me just say, I've been in a lot of contests in my short 37 years, and I've lost a lot of them by a lot more than three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, 80% is admirable for the year. Hey, if I made 80%, if I graduated with 80% in college, <laughs> whew, hey, out, be better. out of 255 games, 80% is pretty stout. It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good. Pretty good. So, uh, let's go into our last two games. We'll talk a little bit about the finals uh, in 3A and 4A. Junk, what you got on those games? Let's see here. 3A, Harding Academy plays McGee. And, I, you know, we both thought this was going to be a, a game the Harding Academy probably won pretty big. They did. I mean, they scored 71 points. Which I thought Harding would win pretty comfortably. I did not see them putting up that kind of points against that McGee defense. I did not either. And I, But, I mean, it was kind of it kind of turned into a track meet. It did. I mean, they scored 44. McGee yeah. did. And, you know, it was just – I mean, they just wouldn't go away. Right. Um, Harding Academy's quarterback, Caden Sipe. Man, what special. a day. <laughs> what a day. He was 22 for 27 for 430 yards and eight touchdowns throwing the ball. And then 113 rushing yards, one touchdown. So, he's, he scored nine total touchdowns and to set the state championship game record. Sure did. He's the 3A Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Ty Duggar is the Defensive Player of the Year. So, both of those guys – that guy, that kid played a heck of a ball game too. He did. Oh my gosh, he did. And, um, I think he caught he caught some touchdown passes. I, I think, think he caught four or five yeah. and had two, one or two interceptions. Yeah, I know his dad real well. Super, oh, yeah. he's a doctor over in Sarsa. Super good family. Yeah, good guy. So that was another private school that won. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to just make make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another private school won. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything on three A? No, I did. I watched the game, and like I said, I I kind of I kind of expected it to be um, a comfortable win for Harding. I just didn't think McGee. We talked about the previous week had seen anything offensively like Hart, what Harding was going to throw at him, and it was apparent because you know McGee had athletes all over the field in the secondary, but there were kids running wide. Oh yeah, open. Yeah, it was it was never. Uh, are they going to stop on this drive? No, never, never a question. That's right. That's right. So four A. Uh, Shiloh and Rivercrest. Yeah. And, man, I'm just impressed with Shiloh Christian. Me too. You know, they they come out, they, they win that game. They 56 to 58-20. 58-20, yeah. yeah. So, they win that one by 38. Um, <laughs> they, they've got some dudes. Oh, man. And, and you know – Rivercrest was a little bit hamstrung because they're they're all state. Yeah, Cam stud, Turner, stud quarterback Cam Turner had an ankle injury and he tried to go. Um, you could tell he he wasn't one hundred percent, not even close. Um, but even that, you know, when he tried to throw the football, they were all over him. They were all over the receivers. Yeah. I mean, it. That he's deep, got a cannon, doesn't he? He's got an arm. He chunk. He's it. not very big. Oh, I, I I'd never seen him play in person and and watched a game of his. But the kid, you can tell, is very athletic. He's not very big. I thought he was he was a little thicker. Was he than about that. 5'10"? I'd say five ten, probably one sixty five. Yeah, yeah. But he can chunk it. I mean, he's got a he's got a heck of an arm. But um, boy, that, athletic. That shallow defense, man, is just they're <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, that and that was it. Caden is it? Caden uh, Henley. Henley. Man, he's a stud. Let me tell you, I, I forgot to write this down. I think I might have it in my phone here. I'd be shocked if that kid doesn't get it get an offer to play at Arkansas. 
I wouldn't be. I'd be real shocked. Yeah. Cause let me tell you. Let me tell you his stats. And I, I saw this on Jeff Conway's uh, Twitter. He's six two two and a quarter. Which I remember that day yeah. I asked you, you think he'll go two and a quarter. Yeah. And you said I think so. All right, he had 159 tackles this year. He had 106 solos. That's insane. That's mo- That's more. His solo tackles are probably more than 95% of the kids in the state yeah. tackles. 26 tackles for loss, four sacks, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two recoveries, one defensive touchdown. He had 49 or 45 pancake blocks, nine <laughs> knockdowns, he graded at 90, 95% blocking, wow. 301 yards rushing with four touchdowns. Now, I went and I tweeted back to he, – he's the one that posted that and then Conway had retweeted that. Well, I went to Cadence and I replied. I said, don't forget about blocked punts. Because <laughs> <laughs> we saw at least two. Right. <laughs> but he's a – I mean, a junior. Junior, yeah. So, he, this he's going to come back next year and, man. As will – Many will, of the shallow kids. As will the MVP of the game Saturday. Yeah, the Wisdom. sophomore quarterback, Eli Wisdom, who was 10 for 14 with 186 yards and three touchdowns and then 113 yards rushing and three touchdowns. So he had six touchdowns. Yeah, a kid can play. And, you know, when I, when we first went up there and watched him uh, the week before against Stuttgart, I told you, you know, I wasn't as, I, I wasn't just blown away by the play of, of Wisdom. I, thought he, right. I play, thought he played solid, but – to get the praise that he had gotten going into the game, I, I was a little bit underwhelmed, I guess you could say. I changed my mind Saturday. Saturday. Kid can He's play. He's good. He's good. He can he? play. Cam Wiedemann, that running back. Stug. You know, what's funny, when I watch uh, Henley, it reminds me of the setup, setup we have at Greenbrier. Because you see Cam Wiedemann ball out. He's mm-hmm. a senior. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just – he, he. I mean, we'll get to it a little bit, but he's going. He's, he's the player of the, player of the year, offensive player of the year in 4A. Right. But then you got a guy that's probably just as talented running the ball as well. Yeah. Who's a junior? Sure. Same thing we have at Greenbrier. Yeah, you know you got Trey Havens, who's a senior, who yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. But then Nick Hewitt runs the ball, and you're like, man, that kid's special. No doubt. No doubt. So so anyway, so that's it for four. You know, Shiloh wins big. Uh, Cam Turner, you know, he was hurt, uh, but they, they, you know, it was they were just outclassed. They were. They were. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, do you? I, w- I want to run through this player of the year yeah, stuff real sure. quick. Real quick. I know that wasn't on our schedule, but I did print it out, and I uh, thought it'd be nice to go through real quick. So I don't know why they did this, but they did six and seven a together. Hmm. You would think it would be maybe the opposite. Yeah, I didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> no, but six uh, a seven a offensive player of the year goes to Austin Ledbetter. No shock. No. Um. I, and, you know, we've talked about him not getting a lot of recruiting. I wonder if that's because he's already committed and signed to go probably, play baseball. Probably so. Because he's supposed to be special yeah. in baseball. Uh, Bryce Bohannon and, and Hayden Trader were both uh, nominated to really good athletes. Yeah. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Cole Joyce from Bentonville. And then the Coach of the Year was Chris Young from Greenwood. I have a question for you about this. What else could Buck James do to win that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean, I don't know what else he could have done. I mean, I don't either. Maybe just because it was Chris Young's first year, and you know they kind of expected Greenwood to have a little bit of a drop off once Rick Jones left, and he won the state title, went undefeated. So I, I don't think Chris Young's Young's undeserving. No, I just don't know what Buck James could do. Sure, any more of. Yeah. One thing I will throw in there that I I, I think 
Ben Weiss, the quarterback at Conway, is getting overlooked by the season oh, he had. I mean, kid led the state in passing yards. I mean, I think he had a heck of a year, and for him not to even get mentioned for offensive player of the year, I think was a little bit of There's a, a few that you're going to see going through this. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Gee's another one. Uh, Manny Smith. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of good athletes that could have easily been on that, especially when you put seven and six together. Sure. Because uh, you know those, some of those kids over at Parkview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Special. Special. What Landon Rogers, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Razorback. Yeah. Um, 5A. So the winner for the offense is Cooper White, PA. And uh, defense is Fuda Shinkawa. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> I, I, hey, I picked – I'm for that yeah. one. Well, my, my, uh, I, I, I kind of thought maybe – um, Harrison quarterback Cole. Cole, I thought yeah. Cole might might be nominated. Sure, but uh, you know you can definitely understand why Cooper White won it. Yeah. Uh, one thing one thing I don't get is Corey Platt was a runner up in the defense. Why is he not on the offense? I don't know. I mean, he was dynamic. I I don't think they used him as no. they, as they should have offensively. No. Maybe that's why. But yeah. when he got the ball, he usually did something with it. He did. Uh, Kevin Kelly, PA, Coach of the Year, 5A. Don't shake your head, Carl. <laughs> He's so jealous. We we could talk, and we have talked at length about the, the private and the public deal. I think we need to dedicate a podcast to that. Just, we, and just, we could. I just, mean, just to, to discuss it. Me and Junk and, and Leotis had a, had a little text thread going back and forth the other day that yeah. that we all brought up some some valid points on mm-hmm. both sides of it, and I think that that we could we we we'll de- we'll dedicate a, se- a segment and we'll talk about it, Carl. Yeah, I, I, I think we to. should. I think we should, and it's not to offend anybody on either side because no. we're going to probably disagree on a lot of it. Well, uh, here's here, here here's the thing, guys, and I think <clears throat> Wilcox is with me on that. Our boys are going to be seniors next year. When they were coming up through, you know, Pee Wee and middle school, it wasn't that big of a deal to have, you know, PA and Little Rock Christian, these big powerhouse schools. But now that they're fixing to be seniors, it's just – it's like, what are we playing for? Well, I'm going to mention some things here. I'm, I got a little so spill. I, th- I think we I need to little, do uh, – I have a little spill that I'm going to go through, and I've warned Matt about it before tonight, <laughs> today. I have a little spill we're going to go through, and and – You'll you'll there's some there's some things that that could offset that. So anyway, huh. we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so four A offense, Cam Wiedemann. Yep. I got no problem with that. No, I think that's a good pick. I do have a problem with the fact that Cam Turner wasn't on the, the list. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, because he was number three in the nation in overall yardage from yeah. line of scrimmage, and then he wins defensive player of the year. Uh, and he probably doesn't deserve that. <laughs> no. The Henley kid deserves The Henley that. kid deserves That's that. Right. Yes. Uh, and I'm not saying Cam Wiedemann doesn't deserve the offensive player. I'm just saying that Cam Turner's name should have been on sure. that list of nominations. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, Coach of the year, Jeff Conway, so, so, Shell Christian. I think that's a good pick. Well deserved. Yep, absolutely. I think Coach Price should have been uh, right up there in the run. He was okay. Yep, yeah. Coach Price up there, and so was Johnny Fleming at Rivercrest. Yep. So yeah, I, and I, I think that's a good good three choices. Yeah. Uh, Could have put uh, Warren's coach up there. Sure. Oh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I just went. Blank. I did too. I did too. We talk about Ember. Ember, yeah. Three uh, A. Caden Sop, Harding Academy. Got no problem with that. No. Uh, defense, Ty Duggar. I think that's a good pick there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what's funny is the other two picks 
were uh, both from Prescott. Really? Yeah. Jacoby Nolan and Justin Wilson. Oh, yeah. They were good. Both those kids oh. play. Uh, Coach of the year, Marcus Haddock from McGee. Okay. I, I think that's a great pick. That is a great pick. Um, at which, I mean, obviously, you could easily have put Neil Evans in there. Yeah. You know, but he was probably the coach of the year last year. Right. They may have just wanted to, sh- you know, show the, what he did with McGee from last year. Right. Uh, Jaheim Brown from Fordyce is the 2A Offensive Player of the Year. And then Josh Arrington from Fordyce is the, is the 2A Defensive Player of the Year. And B.J. Pascal at Desarks, Coach of the Year. And I, I think that's a good pick. Yeah, that is a good pick. All right, so, Carl, here you go. You just look sour. <laughs> Hey, anytime you bring up private school, Carl just gets a look on his face. It makes him want. It looks like he's going to eat the mic. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, John. <laughs> so you know we've discussed what coaches are doing all year long. And we just we've discussed certain advantages that schools have. One of them being your your thoughts on private schools. Yes, but there's a few things that any school can do to be. To be to create a successful program, I'm not talking about to win games. I'm not talking about having a good season. I'm talking about creating a program. Number one, it takes more than coaches. Parents have to be involved and they have to buy in. That's that's tougher in poor communities, but it's important. You look at Nashville, Arkansas. You'll never go to a place in the U.S. May, I know you probably go to places in Texas, but you'll never go anywhere where the community gets behind their football team more than they do. My parents, I got to brag on them. Because I played football for a decade or a decade and a half, you know, 15 years. My dad, in all of my sports, not just football, never missed a game. My mom missed one, maybe two, because her dad was in the hospital. I'm not talking about Mineral Springs ball field. I'm talking about Valdosta, Georgia. I'm talking about North Alabama. I'm talking about all over the country. They were there and they supported me. Um, that's huge. Sure. Uh, successful programs have parents that support the program, and they go above and beyond to help the program. All right? So number two, fluidity in the program from Wee up. And this is how you build culture. So uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine over in Cersei. His his girls go to Harding Academy, and uh, he said, you know, those coaches are the same coaches from the seventh grade up. They coach those same coaches coach those kids from seventh grade up. That's continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, PA and Little Rock Christian, you know, we know from experience that they lead their PE programs. So these are things that public schools, coaches, and ADs can do to invest in their program. They don't have to be to invest in their future, their own future. They don't have to be private or, you know, schools to do that. Scheme's important, but whatever scheme you, you do – has to be ingrained in players from the time they're eight years old until they graduate. It has to be second nature. And that's why you see these teams like PA with smaller linemen, smaller players, less physical, less impressive physical attributes. They do things the right way because it's second nature. To, they don't have, that's one thing that was different I noticed from me in college than it was in high school. When, by the time I became a junior or senior in, in college, when I played defense, the things I did, my first two or three steps was second nature. It was because of what I felt when the ball snapped from the offensive lineman. I was doing things that I had to be taught and ingrained in me. It just became second nature. And that's the same as the schemes and the things these kids do. A smaller kid beats a bigger kid if he does it right. So, and then third thing is facilities. And uh, in Arkansas, there's not much argument 
for these smaller schools and poorer schools to not have facilities because I'm going to tell you, I went to Mill Springs. They are, they are, and worry with the time that I went there, the smallest school in the state of Arkansas plays football. They have an unbelievable football field, unbelievable workout facility. And that's all because the money's just there. And it is in most cases. Right. So anyway, that's my spiel. Okay. I, I like it. And I, I agree with you on, on most facets of that. One, I jotted down a couple notes while you were talking. I agree the community has to have buy-in. And, and you have to have support from not only just your coaches all the way down through your peewee program, but you have to have buy-in from your community. My question to you is, at some point, winning's got to be involved in that to get the community to buy-in. Tell me how many schools you can go across the state of Arkansas that don't have winning tradition that you see the entire town empty on a Friday night. I get that, but but you had they had to win sometime, and that and that's what you look at Nashville. Nashville hasn't always won; they have in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. But they used to be, you know, a, a winning program. As far, I'm trying to think as far as my memory goes, right. there were times they weren't winning state championships. Let me, let me tell you this. Once you win that state championship, it changes everything. Oh, there's no doubt. It changes everything. But people, I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and give you the formula because I don't know. I just These things I know are important. But somehow you have to get those people involved. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another thing I was going to bring up, and, and this has gotten – I mean, we've talked about this kind of at length too. But one thing that I've got question on as far as the coaches go – I mean, you can look across the board at these private schools at like PA. No, not arguing that Kevin Kelly's probably the best high school football coach in the state. Maybe, maybe in the, the country. Maybe in the country. I mean, he's he's that good. He's built program. He's built tradition. He's built everything that that you want in a program. And he's got a, a scheme that unlike any other. Um, coach Kohu, Little Rock Christian. Yeah, excellent football coach. He's yeah. won. He's won everywhere he's been. He's got Little Rock Christian winning on a high clip. Um, Neil. Uh, what's coach at Evans? Ar- Neil Evans, Harding, great system. Even though he's a rattler, <laughs> great, <laughs> great culture, great program. I'm just saying. My question is: so these private schools, do they hold their coaches to the same standard in the classroom that these public schools do? No, I agree. No, I, I don't know the answer to that. But I don't. I'm assuming not. Yeah. I doubt Kevin Kelly's coaching civics. No. Um, and I know from experience at Greenbrier, and you know, Greenbrier is one of the top five educational schools in the state of Arkansas, right? As far as test scores and that kind of thing. And I know from experience that we hold our coaches to the same standard in the classroom that we hold our teachers. And I, I don't think, I think that's hard to do and get the type of performance you want out of your coaches. Yeah. And I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying I, it's right I, or yeah. wrong. I'm just saying that you've got coaches that are pouring in 70, 80, 90 hours a week into coaching football. Yeah. And then you want them to be a top five education. Uh, and I agree 100. percent I mean, why, I don't know why it, it was ever that way, but we don't hire football coaches to teach, and we don't expect science teachers to coach football. No. And uh, I agree with you. I don't think those guys should be doing that stuff. I mean, I think it's time to get over that, get past that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I doubt seriously that those coaches at private schools are doing that. And, and I know I know for a fact in in some public schools where I don't think it's coincidental where you've got great football tradition and great winning tradition, their coaches do not teach classes. Yeah, they do not. Or, or they just call them ads. <laughs> yeah, some, I mean, isn't that typically yeah. what they do? They well, call them ad. Well, and I I don't know if in all cases, but I know like Greenwood, I know there's a, 
I don't. I know their head coach for sure does not teach any classes. Yeah, Bologna, their head coach does not teach any classes. Yeah. So there, there's there's public schools around the state that are starting to realize that we hired we hired this guy to coach football. I that's thought it was he, a state thing they had to teach. Mm-mm. Oh, that's why I was saying they call them ads because I thought that was their way around it. They call them an ad and they're not. No. So they don't have to teach. No, they don't. It's it's go. it's school district decision. There you go. Yeah. I mean. Golly, what are you gaining from having a guy go teach a PA class? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know the answer, and I don't know a way around it. I know, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that Coach Tribble teaching three PE classes at Greenbrier That's stupid. is not contributing to us being top five no. in the state. <laughs> no, what if you use those three hours a day or however long it is to go watch film? Watch film or go, you know – I was talking about Harding Academy coaches coaching seventh, eighth up. That's three times. That's three potential practices a day mm-hmm. that he could be spending. Because I'm gonna tell you, that makes a difference when that head coach coaches every single team. It does, without a doubt. And I'm not blaming anybody. No, but obviously, what you're saying means that they just don't have the time because they don't. And yeah, I mean, and, it, and it's from that. This is just one example in one classification in one conference. Right. I know Morlton, Arkansas. Their head coach does not teach classes. Yeah. So that's so you. I've just said Bologna and Morlton, which is the same conference as Greenbrier. They've got their two head coaches are getting three hours a day more to prepare their team than Coach Tribble that's is. That's crazy. Mm. That's 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 almost silly. All right. Well, let, I know we're taking a long time. Here. Yeah, we were. We've got to, we're going to fly through this <laughs> basketball stuff. So we we were we were and are going to transition into basketball. Um, it's a little bit of a challenge, just to be honest with you, uh, everybody out there listening. That you know, football. You've got you've got some publications like Hootens and Fearless Friday and, and Max Preps that you can go to for information for stats to look up these these players and the, the schedules and the records and all that good stuff. That's how we we do our research for football when it comes to basketball in the state of arkansas there's really not anything out there which is a little bit dis- which is why we're here baby <laughs> <laughs> which is a little disappointing so kind of what we're going to do um I, I was able to pull a, a top 40 list of of boys players in the state as well as girls we'll highlight some of them going forward today basically all we're going to do is we're going to kind of breeze through uh, all the classifications boys and girls and it, it's kind of hard right now to put a top five uh, list together just because as far as the n- number of games played across the board, it's all over the place because of COVID and kids transitioning from football into basketball. And, and there, you know, there's some teams, that, especially in 1A, there's some teams that have played 23 ball games, and there's some that's played five. <laughs> so, Let me tell you, I know three things right now about basketball in Arkansas. I know that – Greenbrier's girls have won, are like 7-0. 8. 8-0. Yep. I know that Jersey Wolfenbarger is bad to the bone. <laughs> and now that kid down in Magnolia, that uh, – Ford, is it Ford? Darren Ford. Darren Ford. He's bad to the bone. Yes. That's what I know. So we're fixed to have a learning session. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with 1A, the boys. Um, I'm just going to note uh, some of the, you know, the five schools that I've, I've noted that have started off the season really good. We'll breeze through them, and then we'll do the same for girls. I'll do 1A and 2A. Junk will give you the highlights of 3A, and we'll just kind of roll that way. So, 1A boys, um, the new school, which I've never even heard of. They're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. They're a private school. I uh, did a little research on them. They started the in 1971. That's the name of it, the new school, <laughs> the Cougars. Is that like the, the Washington football team? <laughs> it is. <laughs> 
But they are 21 and 2 so far in the season. Um, Golly. Vi- yeah, Viola, 15 and 2 starting the year. Ozark Catholic, 15 and 4. Greer's Ferry Westside, a kid up there by the name of um, Travis. Dad uh, gum, I just went completely blank. Anyway, he played uh, played baseball with Cooper growing up. Heck oh, of an yeah. athlete. I think he plays every sport at Greer's Ferry Westside. Well, I'm, he's probably the captain. <laughs> he's a heck of a ball player. They're nine and three so far on the season. And then Bradley is nine and one to start the season on the girls. Well, that's an old school team there. Bradley. Bradley's been around forever. Yeah. That's up around Cersei, right? No, Bradley's down there where I'm at. It's, oh, it's south of I, me. That's Louisville. I'm thinking of Bradford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bradley, that's down there Okay, in the good old B school area. I got you. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you jump over to girls for 1A, uh, just some top five teams of note. Uh, Viola, the girls are also off to a good start, 14-2. and two. Mount Vernon, Nola, 10-2. and Grisbury West Side, his sister. Uh, Travis's sister also plays for the girls over there. She's a heck of a ball player. Their mom actually has her number retired, so she, <laughs> she was a baller. There? Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, sure enough. And so, uh, Grish Ferry is 9-2, Washita is 9-1, and one, and Emerson 8-2. and two. How cool is it these kids have played 24 games, 23 games already? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into 2A real quick. Just some teams of note for 2A boys. You've got Caddo Hills. Fourteen and one. Oh, that was our rival, or I say rival. That's it was always us and them in our conference when I was growing up. Mineral Springs. Yeah, they were good. They could shoot. Their girls were unbelievable. Really? Yeah. So Cattle Hills fourteen and one on the boys' side. Acorn eleven and two. Flipping twelve and four. Tuckerman eleven and three. And Mountainburg nine and three. You know, Flipping's always had. They're kind of a traditional. Uh, powerhouse in uh, high school basketball here in yeah, the state. Yeah, because they, they want to be good so they can leave and not to sit around and make boats the rest of their life. <laughs> I, I, play, I played with a kid at Henderson from Flipping, and he could flat stroke it. Uh, That's awesome. 2A girls, uh, some teams of note. You got Tuckerman at 10-1 and one on the season, Marmaduke 11-3, and three. Acorn 12-3, uh, and three. Melbourne 6-0, and oh, and Desart 6-0. and oh. Man, I love the small schools. Yeah. I do, because what especially in basketball – because there'll be some special schools at times that can beat anybody in the state. That's right. No doubt about it. We- I've seen some Saratoga teams. That, they went to this – when I was I was in junior high, I think, had Saratoga team that had Jason McDonald and some of those other players. They went down to Florida and played in this big tournament and played five and six A schools, and they just yeah. beat them. Well, and you, you, I think that same Saratoga team with McDonald played Guy Perkins in the state championship yeah. that year. Yeah, Guy beat him. And Guy could play with anybody. Oh, yeah. That coach's son, I think it was, hit the three yeah. at the buzzer. Jason McGinney. Yeah, and yeah. That, but but they, that was a big deal. They went back and forth every year. Yeah. You know, that Guy Perkins team, It's you know, at, at the time, I think it was a B school. Am I not? They are, yeah, yeah, they were B. They yep, were B yep. back then. Guy Perkins had three kids play Division One basketball. Yeah, I'm sure they all grew up right there in Guy Perkins, too, right? <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> all right, you want to take us through yeah, 3A? Yeah, I'll do 3A. I'll do 3A. So, uh, t- you know, Malvern – or, I'm sorry, Malvern. Mayflower, they're 8-0. Yeah. Uh, good start there. Uh, Pangburn up there in Pangburn, 12-4. Uh, Old Red River bunch up there. Pangburn's got some kids up there that can play. We, they've got a bunch of kids, a junior class, that, that Cooper grew up playing baseball yeah. with, and they, they've got some good athletes. Kind of shocks me they're a 318. Yeah. That's a small area. It is small. And you got you got Heber right there. Uh Bergman, they're 14-3. Valley Springs, they're 10 and 4. And then Waldron. Waldron's 8 and 3. Yep. Uh, on the girls' side. Uh you got Bergman also on the girls' side. Uh they're number one, or they're at the top, I guess you'd say. It's 17 and 1. That's impressive. Wow. Yeah. Golly, I feel like we just quit playing football a couple <laughs> days ago. Uh Dover's 10 and 0. Clinton. 
historically has pretty good ball teams. Yeah. They're ten and one. Uh, Costot River, I, it's got to be down there in southwest Arkansas. I don't know where it's at. Somewhere around Locksburg, probably yeah. to Queen. Uh, ten and zero, and then Manila's eight and two. Uh, there's a UACC uh, C UACCC down there is University of uh, University of Arkansas Community College Cossatite. Okay, and and I I took classes there when I was in high school and even college. Gotcha. It's in Nashville. They got a basketball team now. Really? Yeah. I'll it's crazy down. all these small little junior colleges having teams. It's now. pretty neat, too. It, it, it doesn't always happen this way, but a lot of times you'll see where the girls' program and the boys' program are having success the same year. Oh, yeah. It, it's just weird. It's, how gotta, that, it's, it's culture. Yeah. You know, it's got to be. And and probably a lot of the, the kids that they have brothers and sisters, both good athletes. That's right. Come through at the same That's time. That's right. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into 4A, uh, top – just some top five mentions uh, in 4A. You got the boys, Magnolia, maybe. They're going to be hard to beat, ain't they? And, and they may could play with anybody in the state. Yeah. I mean, they've got one of the best players in so the state. So it's not just Ford. They've no, got some other they've guys. they've got three other dudes that can go. Well, let me tell you, I can promise you they could take about seven or eight off that football team <laughs> and put a pretty good pickup game yeah. together. Well, and I think I saw the stat somewhere last week, and I, I should have wrote it down, but um, I think they've won like 37 games in a row. That's nuts, yeah. man. That's nuts. So you got them at five and zero in the season. Ozark, uh, nine and one. Berryville, nine and one. Baseball Southside's undefeated at nine and zero, and then Blyville at nine and one. And guys, we're we're going to miss some teams that obviously are going to end up having Absolutely. really good seasons. But like I said, we don't know yet because no. they've and only you, played three or four ball. But people games. can let us know. Sure, absolutely. let us know. Yeah. So you jump over to four A and the girls. Some teams have mentioned Star City, ten and one. Nashville, nine and one. Farmington at seven and one, Shallow Christian at seven and one, and then Ozark at eight and three. I do know uh, just from from what I've seen on Twitter and stuff. I think Shallow's got a pretty good team. Girls, the girls, yeah. yeah. You gonna take us through five A? You bet. You bet. Um, so five A, and I'm sure most of y'all know this, but um, you get into five A, yeah, and six yeah. A is the highest classification right. in state. So we've got a, like a blended conference in five A and in six A. So are the bigger six A's with seven A? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, in the boys' side, Sylvan Hills, they're six and two. Um, they did they lose to BB? I I don't know. Or I think they might have beat them close. I think it was close. Ball yeah. Game. So, uh, Sylvan Hills, Parkview's four and one, Jonesboro's four and one, Green County Tech seven zero, and Valonia seven and one. You know, Valonia's typically got a pretty good basketball they team do. over there. Yeah, girls, especially, and they're missing their one of their best players with Austin Myers. He's still out. with Is his he thumb. still out? Yeah, it, I know when we played him, it didn't look good. Yeah, he had that thing wrapped up like a. Yeah, he ended up having really, to have surgery on it. Did he? But. Mm. Uh, on the girls' side, Nettleton seven and three, Valonia nine and one. Uh, Jonesboro six and two, Batesville seven and zero, oh, and Greenbrier nine and zero. Oh. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> you know our our poor girls program. Uh, struggled. They've struggled for for many years, but they've had this class coming up, and you know they've had a sophomore that they moved up, and she Alex, played as a freshman. Yeah, Alex, Alex Newland, yeah. And then they've got that junior class that have played since they were sophomores, and they've yeah. kind of built some continuity. Yeah, Kylie. Uh, Kylie Griffin. Yeah, she's a good little baller. Yeah, she is. Um, one thing about five A, it's not on here that I, I, I and I don't know how they are total uh, all across the board as a team, but Farmington, they've got a couple of girls that have already committed. Yeah, one to Henderson, yeah. and then I forgot where the other one. But I mean, so I would expect to see them. I, I don't know anything about the record or anything, but right. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they don't have make a showing. Sure. 
And we'll jump into 6A, our highest classification uh, for Arkansas High School basketball on the boys' side. And this is one of those conferences that I really struggled with uh, teams of note because you've got North Little Rock's only played two ball games, Bryant's only t- played two ball games. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. hard kind of, <laughs> They're still just still putting up the, the pads uh, in the locker room. That's right. Yeah. So just some teams of note. I got Fayetteville. Um, they've got, I think, three, maybe four players on that top 40 list. Wow. Yeah, so you know they can play. Oh, yeah. They're 7-2. and two. Central, um, they're 6-3 and three on the season so far. Bentonville, 5-1. and one. Northside at 4-1. and one. And then North Little Rock, Coach Johnny Rice, always does a great job with that program over there. Uh, jump over to 6A girls. you got Conway, who's got the Chloe, Chloe Cardi girl that I believe has uh, been offered by the Hogs. I think she's a sophomore. Yeah. I think. And she can go. Um they're going to be hard to contend with this year. Fort Smith Northside, your girl over there. She's bad, man. She's bad. She's six five. I think she's been yeah. offered by the Hogs. They won it two years ago, right? The last time that we had a state championship. Right. And, and they, then last year they – They would have played for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and do you think that Conway team can beat them? It's going to be a, it's going to be ah, a good ball We may have to watch that one. Yeah. And then you got Bentonville at three and one, uh, Central girls, Little Rock Central at five and four, and then the Rogers girls at five and three. So that's just a quick run through of just some teams of note. Like I said, that I'm sure we we miss some miss some teams. It wasn't intentional. Um, as we go forward and we get a better feel on um, kind of who's playing well and and how these conferences are shaking out, we'll, we'll be able to go more in depth. What we're also going to do is we're going to highlight some of these these players around the state that are. Uh, players of note that are going getting looked at to play at the next level. We'll highlight some of them and keep you updated on the, them as well. And then uh, Junk and I are also going to pick out a couple of ball games uh, as we go through, and we're going to kind of go around the state and watch some of these kids play. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, that's that's how I'm going to get informed because <laughs> I've got a, lot to, I got a lot of homework to do. I will teach you grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yoda, Yoda stats. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, football is is kind of our thing. But we uh, that's the reason we started the podcast is to bring uh, Arkansas high school sports into the light and not just football. Hey, you know, you and Yoda have the same haircut. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't talk about my ears. Too. <laughs> well, they're covered up. With earphones. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, I, I tell you what, though. You know, I've joked about not being as informed about, about high school basketball. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I am because I love basketball. Oh, it's. I just my kids have have not been big in it because they're built like me. So unless they can find somebody that'll put them down low and throw them the ball, they're not really basketball players. Well, and as much as I love football and and I do, it's my passion. But there's nothing like going to a postseason tournament, regional tournament in these smaller classes or a holiday tournament. Yes, I love it. Like you walk in and the whole place is packed. Everybody smells like popcorn. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun. <laughs> it I smells hope, like popcorn. I, I hope, love it. I hope due to COVID that we get to do some of that this Ugh. year, but we'll see. And the hogs, yeah, hogs have off both to, off girls to a good stuff. Good start. Yeah, whether they they win tonight. Yeah, yeah, they, they won. did. I, I, I didn't see the final, but yeah, they, I think they beat them by thirteen. Yeah, they, they were they were they were coming back there at the end, uh, but uh, you know we they handled them. I think. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. to See, I got just a few stats on the on the boys team. They're averaging ninety point seven points a game on offense, giving up sixty points a game on defense. Um, Moses Moody, kid special. You better enjoy you him. Better enjoy. Him. <laughs> I mean, I'm afraid we're going to get him one year. Man, I saw that. Uh, this kind of shocked me. This guy came out with this report the other day on the top draft picks. And uh, 
I kept I went from thirty to twenty. He wasn't on there. I went to twenty to ten. He still wasn't on there. He was like top five. Is that right? Kid, yeah. Kids fixing to make some bank. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and then you got Justin Smith, the transfer from Indiana. Kids uh started off the season good. Man, he's so athletic. He's six seven. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, we wouldn't have won that game Sunday no. without him if he wasn't in the game. I, I believe he's six seven and has a forty eight inch vertical, and that's why he had eighteen rebounds, ten offensive rebounds, yeah, and insane. eight defensive rebounds. Kids got springs for <laughs> He's averaging thirteen point seven a game. JT, JD Note averaging thirteen and a half. Desi Seals averaging twelve and a half. Jalen Tate averaging ten, and Connor Vanover averaging nine. You've got so many weapons this year, man. I'll say this about this team: you know, it's hard to compare teams of the past. I don't think we've ever in the history of Razorback basketball had this much depth. Right. The challenge this year with Coach is Coach Musselman is just finding that rotation, finding that chemistry that works because notoriously he likes to play a seven-man rotation. That's right. And you're talking about their 11th guy. Can go. Yeah, it's it's, uh, oh, the the the, the big kid that's been there. Oh, um, yeah. Dead gummit. I, <laughs> I can tell you name. his name any day of the week. But, uh, you know, I mean, we were looking at him a couple of years ago as the future. Mm-hmm. And now he's the 11th man right. and can still play. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, his 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 job right now is figuring out he's going to put in the court. And then Coach Neighbors, man, what a job he's done with that girls oh. program. My gosh. We knew, the, we knew the guy could coach, but, my goodness, to turn it around that quick. I mean, well, he's got him in the top 15, right? Yes, yeah, and I was I was listening to the day they were talking about him uh, scheduling games. Like he's got so much respect around the country that like it's not hard for him to get a Baylor. Right. I mean, he just calls his friends. Sure. And they're like, "Yeah, we'd love to play you." Yeah. They're supposed to play UConn. Uh, were they supposed to? Is it this last year? Uh, I don't know. I didn't heard. I hadn't heard that. I think they were supposed to play him. Or they went up there. No, they went up there. And 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 visited the school. I think that's what it was. Anyway, okay. he talked to Gino, and I, yeah, Gino. Yeah. Anyway, I think they're. I think that's what they're saying. Maybe a game in the future. Awesome. I think so. So cool. it's unreal to be able to do that. Yeah, that's crazy. He's got them going the right direction. He does. He does. I'm excited about it. Well, Stuttgart Carl, being kind of quiet today, Bubba. Man, I'm just sitting here listening, <laughs> trying to learn as well. Matt, if we do, if we end this in the next two minutes, we'll break an hour. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Hey, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Hey, let's 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 wrap it up on a good note real quick. All right. Oh yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. Okay, so that just reminded me of something. I've got a a, a task for both of you. All right. Maddie, you come up with the game. We gotta have something, okay, to pick from. All right, new jingles. Oh man, <laughs> you gonna put me to work? Yeah, new jingles for both of us. Hey, right. uh, on another on another note, uh, send in those emails. You know, like we're looking for uh, players to watch, players of note. Um, send us some stats on your team. Yes. Uh, that's how we become informed because like I said there's not a whole lot of information out there that we can go research so send it to between the mats at gmail.com send us some info on your on your players and your team and and we'll go through it and that's how we learn as well coaches yeah we don't have it we we don't if you don't want us to mention you we won't that's right but just send us info you bet. We need it we need it awesome good job I right. appreciate it right, yeah fellas. good job
Hey, everybody have a wonderful, yes. blessed, Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's right. Next, next week will be the New Year's podcast. And we get to put this 2020 year to end behind, behind us. We're going to sneak into 2020. <laughs> we don't want to do anything crazy. Let's, let's ease into yeah, it. Yeah, you bet. All right, boys. All right. See you next week. Good night. You've been listening to Between the Mats, your year-round source for Arkansas high school sports with Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, produced by Carl Spears. And special thanks to our sponsor, American Safeguard Insurance. I'm JB Brazil. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Between the Mats.